0: Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And don't forget to check out my fairly new website, the ringer.com for the very best in sports tech and pop culture coverage. And don't forget about the ringer podcast network, which features keeping in 1600, the watch channel 33 shack house and our ringer shows for the NFL, NBA and MLB. And finally, don't forget about my new television show any given Wednesday, which runs every Wednesday night at 10 PM on HBO and reruns on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO On Demand.
1: Welcome to Ringer University. School is in session, people. My name is Mallory Rubin. I'm the deputy editor of TheRinger.com, a wonderful website that you should visit and then visit again and again and again. And I am joined today by Ringer articles editor Ben Glixman. Ben, welcome.
2: Hey, thanks. I'm uh, excited about the new feed, Ringer University. Real uh, real fresh start for us.
1: The feed is here. We're hanging out in the Ringer University student union, chatting about college football. For for listeners who might not be aware, this is our new college sports feed. Uh, ben and I are going to be doing some college football talk early in the week, probably on Tuesdays. And then Chris Vernon, the newest member of the Ringer podcast family, will be doing a gambling-centric college football preview show on Fridays. We're gonna have lots of guests, lots of interesting topics to discuss. The season is really hitting that wonderful meaty part where everything gets uh sort of simultaneously like clarified and focused, but also like uh just like there's an endless uh array of riches to discuss. And we have one of those rich topics to discuss this week, Ben, because it finally happened. It finally happened. We finally had to say goodbye to the Mad Hatter. LSU fired less miles
2: it's heartbreaking it's it's we saw it coming i think but it doesn't make it any less uh less heartbreaking that it happens
1: i'm gonna start with the most basic question we're gonna bring on andy staples from sports illustrated who we both had the pleasure of editing and working with closely in the past and we're gonna go really deep on this with him but just very quickly like let's let's prime everyone on the the key discussion points here les miles won 114 games for lsu he only lost 34 right? He won, I believe, three division titles, two conference titles, a national championship for what what that's worth. And uh, he was really, really important to that program and to the SEC and to the entire sport for a long time. And so while it had seemed like this was mounting to the point of, if not a certainty, at least pretty much like something that seemed like it was it was nearing the inevitable, it still felt like a shock. You know, Micah Peters wrote that for for The Ringer on Sunday. I think that's what interests me most, like that kind of seeming dissonance between something being like totally predictable and expected and still really jarring. So that's that's just are you surprised? Just at the most basic level when when this news broke right after week four games on a Sunday in September, yeah, were you surprised?
2: I, th- I, I think I wasn't Shocked. I was a little bit surprised, I guess, that it happened when it did. I mean, it's hard to pretend that we were stunned by this news, right? Because at the end of last season, before Miles somehow saved his job, it looked like he was going to be fired going into that Texas A&M game. There were all the reports coming out of Baton Rouge that his, his time at the school, his tenure, which you mentioned, won a national title, had finally run out. So after they got off to that slow start this year, Uh, lost to Wisconsin in the opener, and then obviously lost a total heartbreaker last second, sort of the type of game that we associate with Les Miles uh, to Auburn uh, last weekend. So I don't think I was shocked, because obviously the people in power at the school wanted him out. But it's sort of like you mentioned. I think... This is a guy who had become so much the identity of that football program, and his personality seemed to fit so well with the personality of the school, with the personality of LSU fans. It just seemed like a perfect marriage for so long that I think it, it's really hard to wrap uh, wrap my head around that being over, even if even if it seemed for a while like this is where it was heading.
1: Yeah, I think one of the little nuggets that surfaced shortly after the firing that I, that kind of perfectly sums up this entire situation was the Bruce Feldman report yeah. that the word from from inside LSU was basically that the the university had decided to finally pull the trigger and make this move because there was a feeling internally that Les might be able to save his ass again like basically that he would recover from the Auburn loss recover from two losses in four games do just enough, pull off just enough, like trademark vintage Mad Hatter magic, to do what he did last year, which was pull himself out of the abyss and save his job. They didn't want to risk that Les might actually still be good, which is is just perfect and priceless and kind of tells you everything you need to know.
2: Yeah, I mean this this is what made Les Miles so lovable, right? He not only was such a human and compelling figure in a sport where we hear so much coach speak and so much of the same cliches during all of these press conferences and stuff, but he just had a knack for pulling, pulling games out that he had no business winning. There was the game in 2007 against Auburn, there was that game against Tennessee a few years ago where um, LSU lost the game, then Tennessee had too many players on the field, and LSU came back and won the game. Um, it just this was his thing i mean how many how many fake field goals against florida have we seen over the years it, it was what made Les miles uh what made less miles great but and, and we'll talk to andy about this a little bit too i think a big thing is just he didn't sort of evolve when the sec did right you look at alabama and this is something that uh that andy wrote about a little bit in his column this week um Alabama has changed so fundamentally over the past couple of years. Nick Saban, the offense has evolved, right? They used to be very much a a ground-and-pound team, just like LSU still is. But now they have Jalen Hurts. They had Blake Sims a couple of years ago. They sort of evolved with the times, both offensively and defensively, where I don't think LSU uh, did that, and and it eventually caught up to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously an oversimplification to say, well— it was just the way they lost that Auburn game, there was no recovering. Or, well, this was this was just about a, a failure to really take a transcendent generational talent like Leonard Fournette and translate that into a national championship. Like, it was no right. one thing. I mean, those are all very real factors. I think each of those things just moved moved the nudged this discussion you know further and further along until it wasn't a discussion anymore and I, I think what what andy wrote and what you just said is really right like age is you know age is relative of course the idea of of you know kind of letting the game pass you by is certainly something that is open to interpretation but for somebody who had really a reputation for being very vivacious and energetic and youthful in a lot of ways, he didn't necessarily show the ability to adapt. And that, everything else, all the specifics, whether it's clock management or the ability to recruit the right kind of quarterback or the ability to to, to rebuild the offense around a player like Fournette, those all fall under that same umbrella. So that's a really good point. The 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 other thing that I think people are just – instantly kind of buzzing about is coach back in our lives
2: yeah it's uh he obviously had a high profile interim gig before at usc which he did a phenomenal job at they went six and two i mean they lost that game to ucla that ultimately cost him the the opportunity to have that full time but I mean, you, you talk about youthful and energetic and vivacious, and has any coach ever been a better fit at the program he's sort of taking over than Coach O in LSU? It just sort of seems like as much of a perfect marriage as, as Les Miles and uh, LSU was, I cannot think of a more perfect interim head coach than, uh, than to Coach O.
1: All right, hope you guys enjoyed that little teaser. To listen to the full episode, please head over to the Ringer University feed. We'll be chatting with Sports Illustrated's Andy Staples to go a little deeper into the Les Miles talk, coaching carousel, where LSU ranks among national jobs, and also looking ahead to Louisville-Clemson and the rest of the Week 5 slate. Ringer University, see you there.